Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Hear the word of God for us this morning. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced a harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the joy of Christmas, for being able to celebrate your son, Jesus Christ, for being able to hear this word that reminds us, O oh Lord, that there is a lot of joy in knowing you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will speak to our hearts and our minds as this word is proclaimed, and that you'll give me your thoughts to be my own. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you finish what you start? Or do you start a lot of things and never get them finished? Well, if you're like the average person, you have a lot of things going on at once. Because let's face it, we usually start one thing, and then another, and then another, and then another, and we got several things. We have learned the great art of multitasking. Doing many things at once. Having several projects running all the time. But how many of those things do we actually finish? How many things did you say at the beginning of the year, you know, by the end of 2018, I will have this done, and it's December, and you haven't finished? How many things did you set yourself a goal to do it by the weekend, and the weekend's here, and it's not done? How many things have we started and not completed? And how many projects have we let go because we just gave up? after we had started them. Can you think of anything that you started that's not finished yet? Make that mental list. Are you going on into page two and three and four? Why is it that we do not finish some of the things that we start? Why is it that sometimes we're, we're, we don't follow through with the things that we set out to do. 
I think there are a lot of reasons why we, we don't finish what we start. One of the main ones is that we get distracted after we start. I call that the squirrel effect. Squirrel. And you're off in that direction looking at something else. It's so easy to get distracted. Have you ever tried to pick up a good book and start reading and all of a sudden before you know it, somebody calls you, it's time to go do dinner, it's time to do something else and you put the book down, you mark the page and months later you pick it up and go, oh yeah, I meant to read that. <laughs> we get distracted very easily from the things that we're doing. But that's not the only reason we don't finish what we start. Sometimes we simply get discouraged. We started doing something and maybe you bit off more than you could chew. You took on a project that you really didn't have the skills for. My wife tells me that's one of my problems. You know, I think I can do more at home with tools than I'm supposed to. But I try. And sometimes we just get discouraged because we have setbacks as we're doing things. They don't work out like we expected. And, and then we, we get down on ourselves and we begin to doubt our ability to finish what we started. And have you ever had the experience of running out of resources for what you were doing? I decided the other night that I was going to make a lasagna. I had gone to the store and bought, you know, meat and cheese and sauce. I bought all kinds of sauces. I went home, and I am, I'm just having a ball preparing the meat and getting the sauce out and, and looking at all the cheeses that I bought. And the meat is ready, and I am ready to drop the pasta into the boiling water, and I realize I never bought any pasta. And it was one of those Ah, uh, moments. Because I was ready. I mean, I was right. At, I mean, the water is boiling. I'm ready to drop it, and there's no, nothing to drop. And it was raining and cold and miserable outside. And I had to make a choice. Do I put everything away and leave it for another day and do it the next day? Or do I go get dressed and get the keys to the car in my wallet and go to the store and buy pasta so I can finish what I'm doing? Well, I had a crew of helpers when I started, but when we hit the setback, everybody went to bed. And so it was just me in the store, in my pajamas, picking up noodles. In Kroger, yes. And I went back and finished the lasagna and did two because I get overachieving like that, you know. But sometimes it's just hard when we hit that setback to continue and continue and continue to finish, to do what we started off to do. And sometimes we discover that what we started is not worth doing or is not going to work. Have you ever started a recipe and halfway through it you realize, oh, it, this ain't going to work. This isn't tasting right. This isn't coming out correctly. And you, you had to start from scratch or just give it up altogether because it wasn't going to work. And you see, there are times in, in our lives when we start something and we're in the middle of it. And then we realize, why am I doing this? Is this even worth doing? And we have to evaluate it and say, you know, maybe not. 
Maybe this is not what I want to be doing right now. And sometimes we suffer so many setbacks and we have been burned so many times by bad experiences that we get to the point that we don't even want to start new things because we just don't want to deal with the, with the negative things that will come if we fail to complete it. And there are some works that just seem like no matter what you do, they never end. How many can say an amen to dishes and laundry? It doesn't matter how much you do, your dishes and laundry, it seems like every time you turn around, there's another dish that got missed. Another piece of clothes that got dirty, and it's a constant cycle, and it never ends. You get to the point where you start thinking that clothes multiplies and dishes multiply by themselves. And so it's hard for us when those things happen to finish what we start. Because there doesn't seem to be a finish to it. Well, you see, Paul believed in finishing what you started. He believed in doing things all the way. He was never a halfway kind of guy. When he was against the Christians, he was all the way against the Christians. And when he turned into a Christian, he was all the way for God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He did not believe in doing things halfway. And so he writes to the Philippians because he wants to encourage them to continue the good work that God has begun in them. And he reminds them that it is good work and that it is God that is doing it and that they need to not give up. And Paul writes this from prison. How many of us being sitting in the prison because of our faith, would have the courage to encourage others to continue their journey in the faith. I mean, some of us might have gone, you know, this landed me in jail, maybe I need to quit. Some of us might have said, you know, this is just too much, I just can't continue. We wouldn't have had the courage to encourage somebody else to continue in their faith journey, to continue working for the Lord when it had landed us in prison. But Paul was trying to teach us as the church that we should not let hardship keep us from finishing the work that God is doing in us. That we need to continue to be faithful. That setbacks could not, cannot steer us away from God or faith, but should actually make us draw closer to God. When those things come, it's an opportunity for God to show up and show off. It's an opportunity for God to show us his ways, which are better than our ways. And God has a great track record of finishing what he starts. God has a great track record of doing what he says he's going to do. A lot of times in spite of us. Think about it. God led the Israelites to the promised land, kicking and screaming at many points. Being disobedient and trying to go their own way, turning to other gods, and God was still able to be faithful and deliver them to the promised land because God had made a deal with Abraham 
that this was going to happen. And God was faithful to his promise. God saw it through. He never gave up. He never quit. And the scriptures are full of promises of God. Even the promise that we celebrate at this time of the year that a Messiah would come was fulfilled in Jesus. People waited for a Messiah and God said he would send them and then he came himself in the form of Jesus Christ to complete the work of redemption that we needed and nobody else could do. In verse 6, Paul tells the Philippians that he is confident that the one who began a good work among them would bring it to full completion by the day of Jesus Christ. And I want to pick on the word confident or confidence. Because when you see somebody acting in confidence and confident in what they're doing, you can tell the difference between somebody who's confident and who's not. Did anybody see a soccer game yesterday? Was there any confident on that field, confidence on their part? I mean, when you play with that kind of confidence and that kind of conviction, it shows, right? Everybody sees it. You're determined. You're going to give it your best. You're going to give it your all. And Paul believed that God had promised the Philippians that the good work he was doing in them would be completed by the time Jesus returned. And he says, and I know that our God does not quit. He doesn't give up. You might fail at times. You might feel defeated. You might feel like there's a lot of obstacles in the way. But the God that we serve is a God that's going to lift you up and take you through that. And he's never going to give up on you. I am confident that God does what he says he's going to do. And he brings things to full completion. This is also a reminder that God doesn't do things halfway. He does them all the way. He didn't just send his son Jesus to save some of humanity. He sent them to save all of humanity, to die for all sinners, which is all of us, and to give us all a chance to accept his grace. God always goes the second mile and the third mile for us. Even when we fail, his love and his grace never fails. Now, I got to tell you, sometimes the kids promise that they are going to do all the dishes. But it never fails that the dishwasher gets started and I turn around and there's a cup. And I have to go through the whole disappointment of, nope, all the dishes are not done. So it is really reassuring to know that we can have confidence that when God says he's going to do everything, he's going to complete everything well, he does it. That when he says he's going to deliver us, he's going to fully deliver us. That when he talks about redeeming our souls, he's talking about the whole self, not just part of us. That we will be redeemed fully in him. And all our good work in God 
will be complete. Not because we are so good, but because he is so faithful. Oh, the faithfulness of God is a reason to be joyful. The fact that even when I fail and fall short, God is still faithful and never leaves me and never stops working in me. We all love that phrase that God is not finished with me yet. But sometimes that phrase can be taken as our work is passive in the Lord. And I don't think that that is what Paul is talking about here. He's not talking about now just sit back and let God do all the work on you and you're going to be perfected in him. I think he's talking about continuing to be faithful to the gospel that God has called you to. And in the process of your obedience and faithfulness, God is going to complete the work that he has started in you. He's going to continue to work out the kinks. He's going to continue to empower you to finish what you start. Paul was proud to be able to say that the Philippians truly shared in the gospel and in the grace of God with him. He says, even though I'm in prison, you guys have continued to be faithful. Even though I'm not present with you right now to watch over you, you are still staying firm in the faith and I am joyful when I think of you because I know that the work that God is doing in you is good work for the kingdom. And I want to tell you that I share Paul's sentiment when I look out at our, our group. I am joyous that God is doing a mighty work among us. I am joyous that I see God moving throughout the things that we do in this congregation to make a difference in our community, to help each other to grow in the faith and to continue to be faithful to the call of what God continues to place before us. When we know that God will finish what he starts and we acknowledge that we are God's work, then there's no quit in us. There's no quit in us because we know that we have to see it through to the end. And that is what Paul was trying to explain to the Philippians. If God has pulled us out of our sinful lives, if he has brought us through difficult times, if he has brought us this far, he's not going to leave us now. He's going to see it through and get us to the end. At the end of our scripture, Paul says a prayer for the Philippians. He prays for them with these words. He says, I pray that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that you might be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, having produced a harvest of righteousness to the glory of God. Paul prayer, Paul's prayer reveals to us that they were already loving one another in Christ. But Paul is not satisfied with us just loving each other. He wants the love that we share to overflow, to overflow, to flood 
those around us. And if you've ever had something overflow at home, you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever had something overflow? I mean, it goes everywhere, right? And he wants our love to overflow, to reach everybody around us, to, for us not to be able to walk anywhere without anybody feeling the love of Christ that is in us. Without them knowing that we are about the work of the kingdom of God. And Paul says, when you have this love overflowing and you are full of knowledge and insight as to what to do, then the work will continue to thrive in you and God will bring in the harvest and God will provide the harvest. And you know, God grows the harvest. He produces the harvest through our work but we are the ones that gather in the harvest. We have to go and seek those that God is already touching in their hearts and tell them about the love of Christ that we have experienced. Will we finish what we start? Will we continue the work that God has called us to? Knowing that we serve a God who finishes all that he starts, and he does all things perfect. I pray we do. And I pray that we continue to allow God to work in us until we are complete in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we open the altar today, we thank you for doing a mighty work in us. We thank you because as the Philippians, we also share in the faith and the grace of Jesus Christ. We share in the hope of his salvation. We share, O oh Lord, in the faith that moves us to love our neighbors. Help us, Lord, on this day to continue to work for you and continue to see things through. Invite us, O oh Lord, into your work as we gather the harvest, and as we do your will. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.